14-year-old men here, you know, <laughs> or you guys remember when you were 14, how rebellious you were? Well, I became so rebellious, I didn't want to go to church, and I rebelled against God, I rebelled against church. I started playing rock music and doing, living that rock and roll lifestyle, and, uh, we, you know, the band that I was in, we were getting pretty big. You know, we were a Spanish rock band, we opened for like a big band, and it was, we played in front of thousands of people, and, but just the right time, God came in. You know, I had a friend who influenced me, and I went to church, and and I just, I just felt the Holy Spirit again at that place like I did when I was a little kid when Mama used to take me to church. And then just God had a, a hold of my heart again. And uh, I gave my life to God, and every day since then, it's been a sweeter day. Amen? You know, I look back at every day. It's been sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. You know, and every pit, I don't even mind pitfalls because I know that God is there. You know what I'm saying? I don't even mind, like, tripping up or, or this, like, Things of life just hit me down because I know God is there. Amen? And if you're here today, God is here for you. God is here for you. You came here by faith, expecting to meet with God, and he's going to meet with you. Amen? The Bible says in Romans 5, 6, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Amen? Heavenly Father, we just love you right now. Church, just lift up your hands right now. Lift up your voices. Just start praising him now. Start praising him now. God, you're so good. You're so worthy. We love you, Lord. We exalt your mighty name. Father God, we know that you're here. We don't have to call you down. We don't have to shout you down. You are here in our midst where two or three are gathered in your name. You are there, God. And we lift you up today. Be glorified. Be magnified. Sanctify your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You guys ready to worship the Lord? Come on, I want to open up the altars right now. If you guys want to come up and worship, if you guys want to come up and fill this place, come on, we're going to lift up songs to Jesus. Come on, hallelujah. Ready to sing this out. Search my heart.
lift up your voice this morning. Can you lift your voice this morning to the King of Kings? Come on, all our soul, all our strength, with everything you have this morning, can we worship our God? We can have complete access to the Father. We have complete access through the Holy Spirit to the throne. So right now, you don't have to do much. All you have to say is, God, I want you. Can you just say that with an open heart? God, I want you. Come on, we got access to you, Father. Thank you.
Before Jesus this morning. Just tell him how much you need him. Come on, it doesn't take a lot. Just tell him what you're feeling this morning. I'm lost without you. Lost without you, Jesus. Just one touch from your hand, God. Just one touch from your hand, God. Just one touch from the Father. Oh, it's all I need. It's all I need, Lord. Just one touch from the King. Just one mouth of your presence, just one glimpse of your face, God, it's all I want. I want to see your eyes, I want to see your eyes, God, I want to see your face, we want to see your face, God.
want to hear your spirit speaking this morning. We open up this time for the gifts of the spirit to move. God, give us, give us ears to hear what you're saying, God. Speak to us, oh God, this morning. Just pause on those words right now. Come on, those are all three different words, but they're saying basically the same thing. Today is your day of salvation. Jesus loves you, and he wants you to taste and see that he's good. If that's you right now, wherever you're sitting or standing, just raise your hand and say, God, I want you in my life. I want to be filled. If you're not saved, say, Lord, save me. If you haven't been living right, and you know that you got to get sin out of your heart. Say, Lord, set me free from my sin. Forgive me. Let's just respond to that word right now. The Holy Spirit speaks through people. God is speaking to us today. Let's respond. Thank you, God. You are the living water. You are the living water. Come on. Come on, just receive that today. If you need to just be refreshed, just raise up your hands. If you've had a hard week and you feel like, man, no one understands, no one gets it, just close your eyes and say, God, you get it. So, Lord, I come to you and I ask you to refresh me. Refresh me with your love. Refresh me with your strength. You're battling temptation and you feel weak. Say, Lord, give me strength to fight the devil. Give me your power to overcome the enemy. A few more moments in his presence can change your lifetime. Come on, we're just going to let her sing a few moments and then we're going to sing together. I'm coming your way. And we're going to come the way of the Lord today. You might have been invited by your friend or family member to watch him get baptized. But God's got a Holy Ghost surprise for you. He wants you to get saved today. He wants you to get right today. 
And for those saints who've been serving the Lord for a long time, God's got a surprise for you. He wants to take you to another level. I'm coming your way. Come on, sing it out. I'm coming your way. Come on, if that's your heart today, let's sing it out to Jesus. I'm coming the way of the Lord. I'm coming your way. Yes, I'm coming your way. Yes, we are. Come on, every hand raised, every heart lifted. Sing it out, I'm coming. I'm coming your way. I'm coming your way. Yes, God. I'm coming your way. I'm coming your way. I'm coming your way. I'm coming your way. One more time, and then we're going to sing the verse. Come on. I'm coming your way. I'm coming your way. I'm coming, Jesus. Now let's sing this verse as our anthem this morning. Yes. Come on. Every look in my eye, you know why. Come on, sing it again. With all of my breath, with this heart in my chest. With all of my breath, with this heart in my chest. Every look in my eye. Come on, you ready to shout it out today? Yes, Lord, I'm coming, Jesus. Come on, let go of the past. Let go of your burdens. Let go of what people have said about you. Let go of what you fear. Let go of depression. Let go and let God just surrender it one more time, saints. I'm coming to Jesus. If you're coming the way of the Lord, give him a shout of praise and a hand clap of victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on, Metro. Praise. Praise his name this morning. Come on. Praise his name. He's worthy. He's worthy of the praise. All the glory. Hallelujah. He's the King of kings. Lord of lords. The bright and morning star. Bravo to the King. All hail King Jesus. Let nations prostrate fall. Woo! Would you in an attitude of prayer right now just hold somebody's hand next to you like you're at a family dinner right now? Come on. In an attitude of prayer, hold somebody's hand. And I want you just to look at them to the left right now, the person on the left, and say, God has something for you today. Come on, I look to the person on the right and say, you're going to get double than the person on the left. Let's pray. As I pray, pray for the hands you're holding that God will do it. Father, we pray that everybody here will be blessed. That every life will be changed and taken to another level. That every place we go this week will be impacted by what happens here. 
that, God, our destinies and futures would be shaped by your power, God, and that everybody would feel your love in this place. Can everybody now say amen? Can you bless the Lord one more time? Come on. Welcome to Metro Praise. Slap somebody high five as you make your way to your seat. Come on, slap them high five. Pastor Berto is going to come and preach the gospel to you. And as Pastor Berto gets ready to preach, I want those who have been a part of this conference to pull out their sheets. We're going to dismiss the children now. K through 11 years old, go to the back. Somebody will meet you there, young people, and help you with Sunday school this morning. But I want to finish the conference like we started it. For some of you right now, this may just be a Sunday morning service. But how many know we've been having a conference? Let me see if you wave your notes around. Come on, let me see you wave them around. See, there's been a conference this weekend called Life in the Spirit. And we're going to take some time to journal right now. Now, if you don't know what journaling is, this is your first time here. I want to tell you, we're just going to quiet ourselves. Not hear what the preacher says, but what God says. Because this whole conference, and brother, if you could put it up, please, the slide, has been about life in the Spirit. What it means to live daily by the power of the Holy Spirit. The first message was washed in the Spirit, and it was talking about the Holy Spirit washing away our sins and cleansing us with the SOS pad of the Holy Ghost and just changing us. We then heard about walking in the Spirit. Somebody say, walking in the Spirit. Thank you. What it means to walk and talk with Jesus, to have him be your best friend. And then we heard about working in the Spirit. Somebody say, work it. Thank you. We learned about what it means to work for God. The most spiritual thing you can do for God on your job is work and be good at it. And when they give you promotion, you say glory to God. The best job you can do as a mother or father is to be the best mother or father. That's the best thing you can do for God. And when your children raise up, they call you blessed. And we talked about doing that by the Spirit. And today, we're going to talk about winning in the Spirit. And all this weekend, we've been teaching people to hear the Spirit. So as Rachel's going to sing a spiritual song just from her own words, I want those who got their notebooks to write down what God has done in your heart this weekend. And those who don't have one, just close your eyes and talk to Jesus. And if you're like, oh, shucks, I came to church to hear the pastor, not talk to Jesus, that's a problem. If you're like, oh, man, he's making me talk to Jesus in church, that's weird. That's a problem. You should get to know Jesus. Ready, set, go.
Amen. I'm Berto, one of the pastors here at MPI. Welcome everyone here to uh, our last session for the summer conference. You know, everybody's here because of Jesus Christ, correct? Amen. You can put up this scripture, brother. I have a scripture here. Before we get to the main word, every Sunday we like to present the gospel. Okay, the gospel of salvation, Jesus Christ. Amen. And I have a scripture right up here. Like I said, I asked you guys, we all believe in Jesus. We all claim to believe in Jesus. And it has been common to all of us that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And there is one destination after death, that is heaven or hell. Okay. Is that new to anyone in here? Okay. It's not, so it's, it's common. I have a scripture here. The words of Jesus in John 5, 24 says, Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. This is Jesus speaking. Doesn't get any more clear than that. I can explain it a little better. He's saying that whoever hears his word and believes him. We all, whether you haven't heard the word of God, let me refresh you a little bit. Jesus said that if you lust with your with your eyes upon the opposite sex, you commit adultery in your heart. Jesus said if you have anger towards somebody, it's like it's like killing someone in your heart. Jesus says, don't judge. Okay, the mental the your, your judgmental ways is a sin. When you think about less or, or, or you think less of yourself or less of somebody else or you start judging somebody, this person is that and this is all that or, you know, it's prideful or, or you, you, know, you know the thoughts you have when you become judgmental. I get that way sometimes. I'll confess. Okay, it happens to all of us. But the thing is this, it's a sin. Bitterness, gossip, it's a sin. Jesus said, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. So now, why are we not believing the words of Jesus? Why are we not obeying the words of Jesus? Why are we just saying we believe in Jesus and we come to church and say, yes, we're, we're believers of Jesus, but we're not obeying the word of Jesus. And he says, that those, those that hold on to his word will have eternal life and will not be judged, but ha has crossed over from death to life. Like I mentioned, there is one destination, okay? If you have not confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you have not believed what he did on the cross, he shed his blood for your sins. You can say you believe in it. But until you really live it out, until you really let the sin away, until you really put to death the sin, you're still walking as a dead person. You still have the cross from from death into life. You're still in darkness. You can come to church. You can say you believe in Jesus. You can worship. But if you're still living in a pattern of sin, you're still on your way to death. This morning, today is a time, is a chance for you, the opportunity God's giving you to say, you know what? You can believe in my word, but there is power when you believe it. There is change. When you say you believe, you got to hold on to it. And there has to be a transformation. There has to be true change. Repentance, that is. To let go of sin. To turn away, make a 180 turn and, and say, I'm done with this. 
and I want to cross to life. I want to no longer live in this in this path of darkness. I no longer want to live in this in this in this way of sin, sinning all the time in my heart, sinning all the time with my actions, my words, the way I, I give people attitudes. Come on, Jesus, God sent Jesus so he can demonstrate the perfect example that he wants to be like, to be just like him, to have the character of Jesus. That is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. If you love God with all your soul, mind, and strength, you will obey his commandments. And I know that to some I'm preaching to the choir here. But there has to be, there has to be a time of breakthrough for some of you to really say, I, I, I really got to live for Jesus. I really just have to break through and live for Jesus. I really ha- The only way for you to cross over from death into life is to ask Jesus to just come on, to render your heart to him. Ask him to take it away. Ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill you up and live a life by the Spirit. Amen. So if we can please stand. And you just with your eyes closed, begin to think about the sin that you deal with. Begin to think about just that sin that continue, keep, continues to just keep you back and, you know, continues to you go in laps and circles and laps and circles and life with Jesus. Time has come. You know what? God does not force himself. He's not going to force you to change. It has to come from you. You will get as much of Jesus as much you want put into him. As much you put into, into your heart, into your mind to say, I am surrendering. I'm letting go. It's time. I, I want Jesus. I want all of him. Amen. I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, for those that are here, Lord God, that are lukewarm, that are just, God, going half and half, Father God, that's still in darkness, that step into light, and they go back to darkness and back to light. Father, I pray that now you will just touch their hearts, God. I pray that your spirit, Father, will just pierce them now, Father. In Jesus' name, Father God, we pray that every devil, every demon that's coming against them to leave in Jesus' name. Father, I pray you release your spirit now. I pray you release your love now. I pray you release your mercy and your grace now. God, because you love them. You want to have, you want them in eternal heaven. You want them to walk in the streets of gold where all the trees and the, and the flowers and the plants are praising and worship you where the mansions are just praising you too. And there's mansions and houses prepared for you. This life is better. Life is better in eternity. Life is better after this temporal life on this earth. Life is better. Don't get comfortable with this temporary life. This life is gone in the mist. It's gone in the blink of an eye. Let go of this life and come to Jesus. Set your mind, set your heart on things that are in heaven, things that are in above. Father, release your spirit, release your love, release your mercy, Lord. Your love is what draws and draws them by your spirit, God. In Jesus' name, I pray they will come to you. Amen. If you if you felt like that's you and that's it, listen, we're not nobody here to judge you, nobody here to say, okay, you know, you know, yeah, you're doing it again whatsoever. No, listen, we have a brother Ricky, and yeah, they want to pray for you and encourage you. We want to, you know, keep keep in touch with you, making sure that you're walking with Jesus, making sure that you're living up to your full potential that God's called you to live. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So after we recite a confession of faith right here, it's up to the screen. Uh, we recite this every Sunday because it's our Christian worldview. Okay? And 
not the only church that says it. All the churches believe the same thing, okay? So in a count of three, we can just recite this together. One, two, three. I believe in one God and Creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father who so loved the world, the Son who purchased my salvation and his death, burial, and resurrection, and the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who would judge the living and the death. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ built upon apostles, prophets, elders, and deacons in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind that is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen. Let's give God a praise. Amen. Let's spend some time in fellowship. Come to the brother and sister here for prayer. Good morning, good morning, good morning. As you make your way back to your seat, we just want to welcome you here.
Would you guys do me a favor and just fill in all the chairs today? This is a awesome day to be here at Metro Praise. I'm Pastor Joe. We just want to make sure everybody gets a seat today. Man, isn't God good? What a wonderful day for the barbecue outside, man. Got some b-ball going on. I want you on my team. So come on and find a seat. We got some chairs this way. Okay, let's make sure everybody gets a seat. Hey, before we put these out, let's make sure everybody gets a seat and let's see what we got going on. Nancy's going to come up and do the announcements. We got some chairs available over here, ushers, if somebody comes in. We got a whole group back there. Gentlemen, are we all waiting for the potty? All these men, I got to go to the bathroom. Let's, Jose, let's get your family to grab a seat. I want to see how many chairs we got left. Keep talking, keep hanging out. Good to see you. How you doing? getting a few more moments for everybody to grab a seat. We just want to make sure we're just doing the best thing for everybody. Look at your neighbor and say, what is the best thing you've done this summer? Come on, summer's almost over. It's almost over. Somebody's happy for it to be over. That's not right. That ain't right. <laughs> Got friends from Fort Wayne today. Amen. Okay, Nancy's going to do the announcement. Amen, amen. How many of you guys excited to be here this morning? Woo, welcome to Metro Praise International. And we are excited to see all the new faces and all the families here. Our uh, services are every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the morning. And then every Friday we have our youth group, Elevate. It's for our teenagers to get together at 7 p.m. If you know any, please bring them on by. And at this time, I would like to welcome all the first-time visitors. If this is your first time here, if you have not received one of these brochures, our, our ushers will uh, pass them out to you. If you could simply just fill out the perforated card on the bottom and then put it in the drop box. We would love to connect with you. Thank you for being here. Keep on coming. Get plugged in. Our vision here is very simple. It's loving God and loving people. We desire to do that with all of our heart, and we want to teach you to do the same thing. How many of you guys feel like loving God and loving people is pretty easy? We just give our all to God, and we love our neighbor as ourself. Amen. And then our discipleship strategy is threefold. We want to connect you to the cross, mentor you with the cross, and then send you out with the cross. And the way that we do that here at MPI is to connect you to our weekly life groups. So if you have this handout, on the back of it, we give you these handouts for note-taking during the sermon. On the back of it is our schedule for all of our life groups that are happening on a weekly basis, every other week, or uh, once a month. So please take a look at that. We have leaders in our church opening up their homes to you for bible study or meeting here going out for evangelism a single mom's life group a marriage class life group whatever we have is geared towards your need so find a place to belong to call home 
because we are a church of disciples that share life together, amen? And we want you to share life with us. And then we want to mentor you. We have a 101 book called Welcome to Your New Life. We have leaders ready to do this with you one-on-one. -on -one. So if you're new to this church, you've been coming for a little bit, and you have accepted Jesus into your heart, and you want to be discipled, or if you're coming here and you've been saved for a long time, but nobody's done this with you, to really get into your life, keep you, keep you accountable, we have that available. And then our 201 class, Disciples That Make Disciples with Jared Walker on Sunday mornings, is our leadership class. After you finish the first step, you'll get into this, and we'll teach you how to be a leader. Amen? And then we want to send you out with evangelism to preach the gospel on the streets and your workplaces and to be soul winners for God. Because the Bible says that he who wins souls is what? Wise. How, how many of you guys want to be wise in this place? God says in order to do that, win souls. And then our goal is 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches across the city and 500 around the world. If you believe we could do that, say amen. Woo, God is good. We, uh, like you have heard, we are on our fourth session today of our Life in the Spirit conference. Today is going to be winning in the spirit. Friday, we heard about being washed in the spirit with Pastor Adam. Yesterday, we heard, we heard about walking in the spirit and then uh, working in the spirit. And how many of you guys believe we've had some heavy revies over the weekend? How many of you guys were refreshed and blessed by the words that were gone, had gone forth? People were saved. People were delivered. People got prophetic words. People were refreshed. There is a lot of testimonies in this room of what God has done individually, learning how to hear from God. And so we are excited about all that God has done throughout the weekend, what he's going to do today, and then afterwards. Somebody say, after service. Guess what we're going to have if you do not know? Baptisms and a family church picnic. Woo! So if you are here and you may have been with us all weekend but if you miss the weekend please do not leave immediately after service join us stay after watch what god is going to do the presence of god is so heavy when people get baptized if you've not seen it you don't want to miss out it is a powerful powerful time and then enjoy fellowship with us church family picnic everybody gets to eat together it's going to be an awesome time amen at this time we're going to get ready to receive our tithes and offerings every week we focus on this. We believe as a church that the Bible teaches that 10% of your income belongs to the Lord, and that is the tithe. We believe that God should be first in, in all of our life and all that we do for him. And then an offering is an amount that belongs to God that you, between you and the Lord, you offer that. And at Metro Praise, we designate that specifically between missions and our building fund. If you could turn with me in your Bibles, please, to Luke 6.38. I have chosen the passage of Scripture that we recite every Sunday. Okay, Luke 6.38. If you're there, say I'm there. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. God says that if you are faithful, if you are a giver, this is basically talking about being generous. How many of you guys want to be generous with all that God has given to you? See, giving a tithe of 10% of our income is a way where we're telling God, we're not going to be selfish with what you've given to us. We're going to be givers. We're going to get greed out of our life. And being a tither breaks the spirit of greed over people because you're not being selfish before God with what he gives to you because ultimately 100% belongs to him. Amen? And so what this passage of scripture is teaching is give and it's going to be given to you. Because with the measure that you use, it'll be measured back to you. 
So if you're a little bit stingy, well, then you'll receive stinginess. But if you're a giver, if you're generous, if you don't hold back, if you trust God with your wealth, you will be blessed on this earth and then for all of eternity because what we store on hev in heaven will not rust or thieves will not steal it. Amen? Whatever we store and sow on earth for kingdom's sake, God says we're going to re re uh, reap a harvest in heaven. Amen? And so let's be generous with our material possessions because the Bible teaches that it will be abundantly repaid unto us. Please stand up to your feet with me and let's recite this together. Luke 6, 38. Give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with a measure you use, it will be measured to you. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that when we give to you for your kingdom's sake, for your kingdom to come to this earth, you promise that our needs will be met. I ask, oh God, for every single person in this here that has been faithfully tithing to you, believing for a miracle, whether it's in their employment, a raise, a new position, I pray that you favor your people, God, that they will see the increase, that they will see your hand on their life. I thank you for every tither and every giver in this place. Meet their needs according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And we thank you for what you're doing in this city, winning souls, and we're making disciples, and all that you've called us to do in this place. We declare, God, that our budget for this month will be paid because you're faithful, God, and you will do abundantly and increasingly more than we could ever ask or imagine. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said... Amen. Come forward as you give this morning. If you're excited to be in church, say yeah. Amen. I'm so excited that you're here this morning. This is our baptisms and picnic today, man. It is going to be so awesome. How many are excited about baptisms? Give the Lord a hand clap. Come on, clap, clap, clap. But I, I can't tell you what it means to me in words. I can only say it in a letter. I mean in a number, not words, a, a number three. You know what that means? I was baptized three times before I got it. Once as a child, it's like my parents were like, you got to get baptized. This is the right thing to do. And I'm like, I want to love Jesus. So I got baptized. Remember that mama? And they gave me a Bible. And then before you know it, I go right back to living like the devil, being rebellious. Fifth grade, getting kicked out of school. Sixth grade for mooning, got kicked out. Got kicked out so many different times. Yeah, I mooned people. It was just bad. That's like suburban bad for all you city folks. Like I moon somebody, like who does that, right? So I moon somebody. And uh, then when I was 15, I was like, I want to go hard for God because my friends were going for God. So then I got into the baptismal tank again. 
But then I quit on God. I went back to just, you know, being bad, having sex before marriage, doing drugs. And literally in Bible college, while I was taking pastoral class on how to marry, bury, and baptize, say that fast, marry, bury, baptize. Yeah, and we were learning how to marry, bury, and baptize, and it was actually my assignment to learn how to baptize people. So all y'all getting baptized today, you're going to have to put one arm over your chest and then one arm over your nose like this, okay? This is how you're going to do it. This is the procedure for baptism, okay? Remember that, okay? No water in the nose and no touching of the breast, this is, okay? Okay, that's right, that's right. We're going to boom, okay. And so I'm doing the thing, and then my pastor gets up, the Bible college professor, and he's like, you know what, God put it on my heart that some of you students here have not dedicated yourself in baptism yet to the Lord since you've been saved. And he's like, if you've got saved and you're living for God, you've got to get baptized. And I said, Pastor, but I've already been baptized. He said, man, if you would have died, where would you have gone? And I said, I would have gone to hell. He said, see, so you've got to do that righteous act again. Get baptized again. And there in my SUM Bible college class, after I did it for a grade, my pastor baptized me. And so that's what baptism means to me. And so if you're here today and you're saying, I'm a backslider, I'm not right with God, I need to get right, you need to get baptized and say, this is it, I'm going to live for Jesus. And then if you're here and you're saying, man, I've never been baptized, but I want to live for Jesus, get baptized and live for Jesus, okay? So we take this very serious. Now, I don't get baptized every week. That's just called a shower, right? Once a week, y'all catch that's okay. So once a week, I get Take a shower, but I don't come to church and get baptized all the time. And so you'll know the difference when you're right with God, when you're living for him. Stumble though you may fall, you get back up and keep living for him, okay? So I want you all to know that's what's going on today. And this is how we're going to do it because I want to get all the doodiddles out now because I'm about ready to preach. Somebody say preach. By God's grace, going to drop it like it's hot. Okay. So I got this right here, ready, in Jesus' name. So I want to get through the doodiddles right now. After we get done preaching tears and people are going to be shouting hallelujah, after we get done with all that, we are then going to dismiss, and you're going to hang out and chill while our ushers and men, any men want to help out, we're going to take these chairs and these chairs, these two side chairs, and walk them out back there, okay? And they got the grills cooking and all of that. Then we're going to exit out this back door to go to the baptismal tank. You can't get there from the streets. So we're going to go through that door to the back to the secret room. If you've never seen the secret room, it's going to blow your mind. Take pictures, tweet it, okay? So after service, boom, chairs are going to move first. Then we're going to go out there, and we're going to party, baby. Come on. Holy, ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because a Holy Ghost Yeah. Okay. So that's what we're going to do. Is everybody with me? And people who are getting baptized, if you don't have baptismal clothes, them clothes you got on right now are your baptism clothes. It doesn't matter. If you get convicted while I'm preaching, you're just like, man, I was just coming to see Cousin Flacco get baptized. And you get, and you get convicted, you get him baptized today, Bubba. We're going to put you down. Woo! We're going we gonna to get you. It's, it's going to be awesome. Okay? So, and then we're just going, we got games, face painting, you know, shoot some hoops, food. So the party starts when we get out there and the party will end whenever you want to leave because we're just going to hang out there all afternoon. So I'm so glad that you're here. I want you to come back next Sunday. Everybody say next Sunday. Thank you because we're in the middle of a series called The Life of Purpose, discovering what you're made for. We want you to know the purpose that God designed you for. So make sure you come back next week and get involved in what God is doing here. Join the life groups and these great things we're offering. And elevate y'all week. Elevate. Man, you need adults to help you. Now, man, I'm show, now all adults, come on, elevate. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. About it. 
This is what happens when you, you turn a preacher loose who used to rap and be arrested and all that stuff. This is what it looks like from GED to PhD. I received my word yesterday. If you all don't understand, just pray for me. That's okay. Come next week. And today we're finishing it out. Get out your notes if you got your packet with you. If you don't, just open up your Bibles and let's get ready to hear the word of God today. Somebody say winning in the spirit. Thank you. We're going to learn today about winning in the spirit. The Bible says we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who loves us. I want to talk to you today about conquering in life. This doesn't mean you won't have battles or struggles. You will. But God says you will go through them as a conqueror. I don't want you to misunderstand my message as me saying, now that you love Jesus, you're going to walk on a yellow brick road. Do not misunderstand me. I'm not saying that. As a matter of fact, when some of you decide to live for Jesus, some things may get harder in your life. It may cost you something. I want you to hear this as well. When I'm talking about winning in the spirit, I'm not saying that it's always going to be easy breezy, that you're always going to feel like a winner. You may not feel like that. Some days you may feel like a loser. But here's the point. You don't go on your feelings. You go on what Jesus Christ said. So today I want you to be realistic with me about the problems you face in life. And I want you to agree with me what the word says is true. Whether I feel it or not, or whether or not I got to go through battles, it doesn't matter. What the Word says is true. Can I get a witness? Somebody say amen. amen. Here's the, script, uh, the phrase we've been using for the conference, life in the Spirit. Let's read it together. One, two, three. To be empowered and led by the Holy Spirit in all ways to always live a life pleasing to God. That's what this conference was designed to do. All of the videos, all of our notes will be online. You can go back and share these with your friend, post it on, it's going to be posted on YouTube, post it on Facebook for your friends. And I want you to hear this scripture as I read it, Galatians 5.25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So how are we empowered to live a life in all ways that always pleases God? Do we do it in our own strength? Do we do it because the preacher shouts at us on Sunday? Do we do it because we got an also Filipino girl that can sing when she worships? Oh, I got the spirit today because Rachel worship or Adam worship. Here's how we receive the empowerment by being born again. You have to be born of the spirit. Somebody may say, Pastor, I'm religious. I go to church. Going to church will no more make you a Christian than going to a, a McDonald's will make you a hamburger. You can't go into your, car, uh, your garage and go vroom, vroom and expect to become a car. Just because you come to church and clap your hands and say, I believe in Jesus, that doesn't mean you've been born again. To truly believe in Jesus means to put your full trust in the full person of who he is. There's a lot of different understandings of who Jesus is. I wrote a book on Islam. You can get it in the back. Some people say in Islam, Esau, he was just a prophet, an NGO, one of many, like Moses, like Elijah. But the Bible says he's the unique son of God. So if a Muslim says, I love Jesus, like the way a Christian loves Jesus, that would be like me saying, I love Nancy because she's a cool dude. You see, Nancy's not a dude. You're talking about another person that calls himself Nancy because the Nancy I know is a smoking hot preacher's wife. So if you call my Jesus just a man, you ain't talking about the same Jesus. So when you put your faith in Jesus, you got to put your faith in the Son of God made flesh, resurrected from the dead, ascended to heaven, and coming back as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's the Esau I'm talking about, baby. Get something. That's what we call Muslims to believe in. Are you listening? 
Yes, a little bit of Eric in, uh, Arabic in there. Come on. Latino people like, oh, I always thought he spoke Spanish when he preached. Like, oh. But I can do a little bit of Arabic. Everybody say, alhamdulillah. Now say, hallelujah. Basically means the same thing. So then you got religions that teach different things about Jesus, but it's not putting their full trust in the full person of Jesus, so they can't be born again. Now there's Christians who say, oh, I got the right Jesus. You know, I believe he is the son of God. He died and was buried, rose again. Ascended to heaven is coming back, but they don't put their full trust in him. The way I always like to compare it is if you were at a carnival, and you know, and one of these evil Knievel type people were doing something cray cray, and, and they were maybe like on a unicycle. Anybody ever seen a unicycle? People don't really get on unicycles these days, so I might have to come up with a new example, but I like my little unicycle example. You know what a unicycle is? It's a cycle with one cycle. That's it, right? Unicycle. Now imagine this dude is on top of this big building in the circus, and he goes across this uh, tightrope with the unicycle. He's like, man, look at me. Then he does it blindfolded. Then he does it backwards. And then he says, guys, guess what? I'm going to ride this unicycle tomorrow across the Grand Canyon. And whoever meets me out there is going to be able to see it. And I'm going to have somebody get on my shoulders and they're going to ride with me across. Do you believe I can do it? Now imagine everybody in that circus tent shouting, going, yeah, we believe you can do it, unicycle rider. Now imagine then they go out that day to Grand Canyon and he says, do you believe I can do it? Yeah, you can do it. Can I do it blindfolded? Yeah, you can do it blindfolded. You think I can do it with somebody on my shoulders? And he, they shout out yes. And he picks out the one shouting the loudest and says, hop on, we're going across. You see, now you go from being a spectator to a person of real trust. You see, you could be shouting all day long, hey, I believe you can do it. But when the person says, do you believe I can do it with you? Do you put your full trust in me to unicycle across the Grand Canyon? Things are going to get real, real fast. Now, that's when it comes to Jesus. See, people say, I believe in Jesus. I shout to Jesus. I love Jesus. But do you trust him with your sexuality? Because if, you, if, if you're still shacking up and you're, and you're still doing it without a marriage ring on, you ain't trusting him. You're not trusting. You're taking it into your own hands because he says, be celibate. Come, come follow me and I'll keep you holy until somebody puts a ring on it. Come on, somebody say amen. You see, somebody says, well, I trust God. You trust him with your tithe? Do you trust him with 10% of your total income? Because if you don't, the Bible says what you're hoarding in, what you're keeping to yourself is actually going to destroy you. It's greed. You can't serve God in money. So if you trust God, give it away. Make it rain in church. Come on. Come on up to the offering just making it rain. I'm giving it all to Jesus. Why? Because you trust him. That's what it means to walk by the Spirit. You get born of the Spirit, full trust in the full person of Jesus Christ. Then he says, let's start life together. You get born again. See, I was born November, uh, January 19th, 1977, and I lived 18 years as a sinner with my life in the control of my hands. I did what I wanted to do. I was the driver of my life. But November 5th, 1995, at my mother's kitchen table, I gave Jesus the wheel. And Jesus didn't just say, hey, man, I'm going to let you drive every now and then. Jesus said, I'm either Lord of all or I ain't Lord at all. Amen. So I don't even like to think of it like a car. I like to think of it like a motorcycle. Like Jesus got on the motorcycle and I became the chick with that little tattoo. And I got on Jesus and I was like, what should we do it? You know what I'm talking about. Them girls with them tattoos holding on to them dudes going down the road. They ain't got no control over what's coming their way. 
That's me and Jesus, baby. Somebody say he keeps it real. So wherever he goes, I'm following. Wherever he leads, I follow. And you know what the Bible says about the good shepherd? That mercy and goodness will follow us all the days of our life if we're following him. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He brings me beside still and quiet waters that restore and refresh my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Because I don't know a righteous path, but he knows the righteous path of marriage, fatherhood, motherhood, working nine to five. And though I walk through the valley, that means we're going through it. We ain't living it. Though I walk through the valley, his rod and staff, they will comfort me. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. When people come to fight me, he says, Joe, sit down and have a pizza. I'm going to handle this. He says, you sit down and relax. You eat that ibarito and arroz con candules. I'm going to handle this. And then the Bible says that I will surely dwell, in the, uh, that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I, somebody say I, will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's what we're talking about. And it's exciting. It's fun. It's life changing. But we do it his way, not our way. Amen. Open up your Bibles with me to 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. As always, what was that? That was just the introduction. Amen. Let's get ready to hear the message. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 gives us our text for winning in the Spirit. It says, You dear children are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who's in the world. I love the way John talks to his people here. First of all, he calls them children. That's cool, right? Wouldn't that be kind of cool if I called you my children today? Now it would be weird, right? I was to see if I could get away with that. But I think he was a little bit older at this time. And he said, dear children. So he's going to like love on them, tell them some truth. He said, you're from God. He reminds them where they're from. See, I was born January 19th, 1977. Because mom and dad got together listening to Al Green and went out for dinner and came home and got it on to the break of dawn. They're right there. Nine months later, nine months later, I made their dreams come true. Their life was complete. My dad wrote, Dear Diary, thank you for sending me the joy. You know, I'm just kidding. But that's not what he's talking about. John's not saying we're children of God because we're the creation of God. If you read the prior chapters and verse of this book, 1 John, John is saying only are the children of God those who are born of God. And he also said in his gospel, this is his letter to the church. That's why there's a one before his name. It's the first epistle of John. But when you read the Gospel of John, it says, as many as received him, talking about Jesus, Jesus gives them the right to be his children. 
You don't get the right to be adopted into God's family unless you come through Jesus. He didn't say come through the buffet of religion, take a little Buddha with a little Muhammad, with a little Krishna on the side, and a little bit of Oprah Winfrey. Bing! He didn't say go through the buffet of religion. He said there is no way to the Father but by me. He said I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody gets to him but by this way. So how are we born of God? How do we receive the right of adoption? Because we put our full trust in the full person of Jesus. Now, from that place, there is a victory that is given to us. Did anybody here fight in the Civil War? Raise your hand if you did. We want to thank you. Did anybody here fight in World War I or World War II? But how many came to America as a free nation? Raise your hand. How many were born in America, came to America? How many are here today in America? Wave your hand. Wave them in the air like you just care. You got the benefit of somebody else's fighting. You got the benefit because somebody went to the Civil War and fought for freedom. You got the benefit because somebody stopped the uh, axis of evil in World War I and II. Imagine what would have happened if Hitler would have won. Imagine what would have happened if Stalin would have won. The emperor of Japan would have won. We would not be having the freedoms we have today. So how is it today as Americans we have the victory? Because now we're citizens of America and the battles that others have fought. How do you become victorious over the devil? Do you and the devil now have a WWF wrestling match? Come on, devil, I'm going to take you down. I'm going to take you downtown, devil. Is that what we do? No, we come to the devil and we say, you are defeated in the name of Jesus. We stomp on scorpions and stakes in the name of Jesus. Our power and authority comes from Jesus. It's not because now we're in a wrestling match with the devil. The devil was defeated when Jesus defeated him. And when you come into Christ and you become his child, you receive the victory, the inheritance because of what he did. Look at your neighbor and say what he did. Thank you. So I love the fact that we're starting off this passage understanding that our victory is not from our efforts. All we have to do is be born again to be adopted from sinners to saints. And we receive the victory. And in the illustration of the nation, it would be changing your citizenship. Some of my friends have come from Cuba. They cook some of the best food. Empanadas, hey. And uh, is that Cuban, by the way, or do they take that from another culture? That's, I think that's theirs, empanada, right? Is anybody even Cuban here? Okay. One Cuban, let's give it up for you. Okay. Yeah, we don't really care. Let's just go on. Hate. I got to tell my Cuban friends, people be hating on them here. But if I say anybody from Puerto Rico, way <laughs> But I got some cool friends that live in Miami, mine, and they from Cuba, mine. They talk like this, mine. And I was hanging out with one of these, a great Christian rapper, Chino Life. Look him up, get his album, support him. And he was saying when my mother lived in Cuba, they took away all their money, took away all the way to make money, and just gave them these jobs on plantations and factories and would then just give them stamps, books of stamps that would say how much rice they could get, how much milk they could get, because the nation became communist. communist. But she came over here. She snuck in. She got in, and the nation accepted her and said, okay, we'll help you because you're with the dictator. And then she received citizenship. 
And then Chino was born an American citizen. And he says, America means so much to me because I don't have to be in Cuba with these stamps being told how much I get of this and how much I get of that. And I want to tell you, see, all of us were born sinners with the devil telling you what you're going to have in life, what you're going to have in life. Your parents, your dad, your grandpa, whatever he said, I control your whole lineage. I'm your father. The devil has controlled so many of us from generation to generation. Alcoholism comes down from generation. Child abuse, molestation, greed. And Jesus says, I'll set you free. He says, I'll give you a new citizenship. I'll break off every generational curse. And that's what it means. We switch who our daddy is. We switch what our nation is. We now belong to the kingdom of God nation. Amen. Before I'm an American, I belong to God. And if you ever forget, just look at a dollar bill and remind yourself, in God I trust. I won't trust in this money. I'll trust in God. Amen. So I love the fact that this, this passage reminds us that I have been given a new citizenship, not because of what I did, but because of what, other, what Jesus did. I'm reminded by this passage that I've overcome them, plural. There's many attacks that the devil uses through his demons. But then I'm also reminded that the one, Jesus Christ, who's in me is greater than the one, the devil, in the world. So it doesn't matter how the devil comes and attacks you and me, Jesus Christ always wins. I want to give you four ways that you are winning in the spirit, that you are a winner. Somebody say, I'm a winner. Yeah. Amen. The spirit is greater than your sinful nature. Go to Romans chapter 8, 1 through 2. I want you to see this because everybody can, can relate to this. Have you ever committed a sin? Can I hear an amen? So everybody here was born a sinner and sinning became natural to us. No one has taught Lucas how to be rebellious. That's my, like, uh, I don't even know, 15 months? How old is he? 16 months? Praise God, I got close. Uh, no one has to tell Lucas to be rebellious, but he'll be rebellious on his own. Why? Because it comes from his nature. It comes from who he is, from the generation from Adam and Eve all the way to our generation. And so for some of you, you realize this early on. I realized when my mom started breaking paddles over my butt that I was going to have a tough life with my nature. Am I telling the truth? When, when I was in fifth grade and my teacher built a cubby hole in the classroom, and he said, hey, come and check this out. And he had the desk facing the wall and bookshelves like this. And I came into the place, sat down facing the wall in the middle of these bookshelves, cubbyhole. And he said, this is now your desk. I knew life was going to be hard for me. Because what was my nature? Being quiet and shy? No. My nature was being loud and disruptive. And so teachers began to say, we don't like it. And they began to put me into these timeouts. And I began to realize that I can't change. So I tried to go to drugs and alcohol. I tried to find friends that were like me so that when birds of feathers, uh, of like feathers flocked together, we felt like we were all together. We were one. And what we were was all a bunch of chickens living in a little chicken house. And if you've ever been to a chicken house, you know chickens make a mess, don't they? And we were living in our own little mess, so I got friends that were just like me. And then I began to realize that I hated my life. And the call that led me to get saved at my mother's kitchen table, the call with my mom, was a call to put me in the mental hospital. The reason why I wanted to go to the mental hospital is because there was such a conflict on the inside of me. My nature was my worst enemy. And it didn't matter if I did drugs, alcohol, party, had money. Everywhere I went, 
I was there. I moved to Chicago. I moved to different parts of Indiana. And no matter where I went, I met myself there. And I remember looking in the mirror before I called my mom that day. And I said, what will change me? I need a doctor. And on that day, my mother, a woman of faith, said, you don't need a mental hospital. You just need Jesus. And it was that day with the mustard seed of faith that I realized that the change that I desired was that change that Jesus Christ promised. That when he died on the cross, it was for my sins. Now you may be here today and you may say, Pastor, my nature is not as bad as your nature. Well, my friend, I want to tell you, if you have that attitude, your nature is the worst nature. You know why? Because you're full of pride and hypocrisy. And if you don't think you need to change, you'll never change. So you beware before you try to pick on me and say, Pastor, I never did drugs. I never did this. You know what? You're full of pride. Because I've watched people twice as good as you come to these altars and weep and realize without Christ they're nothing but sinners. Those of you who justify your own sin comparing it to Hitler, comparing it to Stalin, comparing it to murderers and child molesters, you have the wrong comparison. Jesus is not going to compare you to me on Judgment Day and say, well, look at you, you never did drugs. Well, come on in. You're so good. You, you know, you paid your taxes. No, on Judgment Day, the Bible says the standard is the perfection of Jesus Christ. So how do you stand up to that? How do you stand up to perfection? Ask yourself this question, how many lies have I told in my life? How many times have I told a lie? Think about that and don't lie to yourself. Think about how many times you've lusted after the opposite sex or the same sex, desired things perverted. What the Bible says is not the original version. That's what perversion means. It takes away from the original version. God created man to be with woman, one man, one woman in marriage. Not one man with a different woman every night. Not men looking at pornography. Not women giving it away all the time. Hello, somebody. Not living together, calling it marriage. So how many times have we got involved in that? How about this? How many times have you taken the name of the Lord in vain? You said his name as a curse word. You said your na his name in vain when you hit your ha uh, hand with the hammer. How many of you here have coveted what somebody else had? You looked to what they had, and you said, they don't deserve that. I deserve that. How many of you here have been bitter, jealous, talked about somebody behind their back? It gets quiet when I preach like this. That's okay. I'll keep on preaching. So the bottom line is, when your junk is brought out the trunk, you realize real quick, the worst problem you got is the person you see in the mirror. And the devil made me do it won't be an excuse. The devil didn't make you talk that way. The devil didn't make you go where you went. The devil didn't make you be with that person. The devil didn't make you be a gossiper, an unforgiver, a bitter person. You became that person. But here's the good news. Romans 8, 1 through 2 says the spirit is greater than your sinful nature. Therefore, there's no now condemnation for those who are what? In Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit gives life and has set us free from the law of sin and death. You in Jesus have been born again a saint and no longer a sinner. You today have no more excuse to remain in the jail cell of your sins. You can live free with Jesus Christ. 
Could you imagine you being in a POW camp of, of Vietnam or maybe today in Afghanistan? You're being undernourished. You're being beaten by your captors. You're being tortured. And all of a sudden, the Navy SEALs, the, the Rangers, an elite force, the Marines comes in and sets you free. Could you imagine yourself or anyone for that matter saying, no, guys, I actually want to hang around here for a little bit. I enjoy being tortured. I enjoy starving. Of course not. If you want to see what we look like in the spirit, look at the Holocaust survivors as an image of what we look like when Christ comes to set us free. The devil starves us of joy. He takes peace out of our life. He brings us depression. He throws all of these things at us like diseases and heartache. And we're emaciated and dying, fixing to perish. But Jesus Christ comes in, gives us medical attention, heals our bodies, sets us free, and makes us soldiers in his army. That's what we were. We were slaves to the devil before Christ set us free. We were slaves to our sins. You can't battle your sin with yourself. You battle your sin by the Spirit of God. You battle those inner desires that are against God's plan with the Spirit of God. Well, pastor, you don't know me. I was born with attractions to the same sex. Pastor, you don't know me. I was born with attractions to multiple persons of the same sex. Pastor, you don't know me. We always yell and have outrageous uh, outbursts of anger. Listen to me. You might have been born that way, but Jesus says be born again. Do you want the spirit or do you want your sinful nature? I want you to think about this. Name three sins that the Holy Spirit has made you victorious over. Of course, all sin has been defeated by Jesus Christ. But I want you to write down three things that trouble you the most, that puts you on a gerbil wheel going in circles. You keep trying to quit, but you can't. And I want you to write down those three things by faith right now because you are victorious over those things whatever you are struggling with today has already been defeated I want you to think about how sometimes we as Christians live the word that was mentioned in the conference is called a carnal Christian that yes they do actually have a saving faith a full trust in the full person of Jesus Christ but yet they don't live like they do Paul talked about this kind of person in first Corinthians and they're a contradiction to themselves Imagine me becoming homeless, selling everything I have, abandoning my family, and living on the streets. This is the story of the prodigal son. He gives up everything and lives on the streets. Imagine if that was me. And now imagine if I came back to my father and I said, Dad, I've sinned against you, sinned against my family. Do you think my dad would say to me, you're no longer a Wyrostic. We're going to call you a Brown. You're Joe Brown. Do you think my dad would deny me as his son? You know the story of the prodigal son. The Bible says the father's there waiting for him every day. And when the son finally comes home, he says, I'm going to rejoice. My son that was lost, now he's found. He once was dead, but now he's alive. 
And that's how Jesus looks at us when we're Christians and we're living below the standard he called us to do. It breaks his heart. He watches us get our lives all tore up from the floor up, needing a checkup from the neck up. And he says, come home, my child. Come home. And sometimes the devil wants to make us feel ashamed and say, no, you've sinned too much. Jesus won't take you back now. You've gone too far away. That is a devil's lie. Jesus says, come. If you're sitting here right now and you're in your sins, come to Jesus. If you're a backslider, come to Jesus. He's made you for a greater purpose. What are my three things? Perversion, pride, and jealousy. Because I'm a pastor, you think that I'm blinded towards the opposite sex? Perversion is a temptation to me. So I stand in the victory of Jesus Christ, and I say to you today as your pastor, I won't be another statistic of a pastor falling into an affair, that God's made me victorious, that I can love my wife and have only eyes for her and remain faithful to death do us part. The pride that I can get because of my position because of holding this microphone, the Bible says the devil was a worship leader in heaven. Everybody more than likely had to go through him and worship to the Father like a worship leader. And the story goes that as every angel was looking at him, giving worship to the Father, he said, I would like some of that worship for myself. See, that's my temptation to say they're here serving me. This is my church. This is my band. And God says, take heed when you think you stand, lest you fall. And the Bible says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may lift you up, because he resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. If you ain't being real, I'll be real. Is anybody else being real on their notes right now? And then jealousy. Jealousy can slip into my heart. Oh, did you hear about so-and-so church? They're going to two services. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, praise God. Oh, yeah, did you hear about so-and-so on Time Magazine? Pastor Choco, he's on Time Magazine. Oh, yeah, bless, bless New Life. They just built a campus right there. Okay, guys, don't you have enough already? Can I keep it real? And God says, whose kingdom is this? Is this yours or is it mine? You're my servant. He's my servant. Both of you are blessed in my eyes. Serve me. That's what he says. He says, don't look to them and be jealous because I bless them. I'll bless you. And when you look to our city, it's the biggest problem we have is too many good churches. Oh, there's just too many good churches around here. Too many people doing evangelism, discipleship, and helping the poor. There's just so many. No, when I was sitting down one day, counting on my hand just on the north side, you know, over a half a million people in this area, I was, I was only able to come up with 10, 10 churches. My friends, if we all had 25,000 apiece, we would be barely making a dent, let alone crossing over into the west side, to the south side. I mean, come on, jealousy's a lie. And, and that's how I struggle with it. And so I ask the question as you're asking it right now, for perversion, pride, and jealousy. Do you believe all the power of sin has been defeated in your life? How many want to agree with me today and say, I believe? Come on, I believe. 
The power of sin has been defeated in my life. Temptation may come, but I will pray, lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from evil, Jesus. Every time I face temptation, Lord, give me a way out of this because God's your worth it. I don't want to stumble and fall. I don't want to be as one beating the air. I want to finish my race. Does anybody here believe what God started? He will finish. Hallelujah. Do you believe he can keep you in this world? God can do it. Amen. The next thing I want you to know that we are victorious over is the spirit is greater than the devil. 1 John 4, 4. My introduction covered this, so I'll be brief at this point. He's telling them you're facing problems. And the biggest problem they had was false preachers. And they were denying Christ. And they were called Gnostics. And they had a, a philosophical view of Christianity that was wrong. And it was causing people to turn away from Jesus. And so Paul, uh, excuse me, John wrote this and he said to him, children, you're overcomers and you are greater than these lies. Hang in there. The truth will prevail. And then he says, and by the way, if you face the devil himself, Satan, Lucifer, that fallen angel, if even he comes to you, you are greater than him because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Let us not get it confused, friends. It's not a yin and yang in this world. It's not like there's 50% good and 50% the devil. It's not like the devil and Jesus are wrestling back and forth. You may feel that way because you haven't read your word and stood in faith yet. But according to Jesus, he said in Matthew 28, all authority in heaven and in earth has been given to me. So who's got the power, baby? I've got the power in Jesus' name. Look at your neighbor, act a fool, and say, I've got the power. Oh, come on, somebody. You got the power in Jesus' name because Jesus gives it to you. Let's not give the devil more credit than what he deserves. Yes, he may cause affliction and give us nightmares and these things, but the Bible says we overcome every one of them. Plead the blood of Jesus over your family. Don't allow witchcraft and satanic forces in. Guard the music. Guard the TV. Live your life right. And whoop the devil. And when we get to heaven, you know what the Bible says? We will see him and say, this was the one that deceived the nations. This little fly compared to the glory of God. So you know what, friends? We need to see Jesus in our battles because Jesus is always greater than the devil. Don't magnify your battle. Don't magnify what you're going through. When you're going through something, magnify Jesus. When the praises come up, the victory comes down. Magnify who Jesus is. You might be sick in your body, but magnify Jesus as your healer. You might be going through troubles in your family, but magnify Magnify Jesus as the Lord of your house. You might be seeing troubles in this city, but magnify God as the God of this city. Come on, somebody. We magnify Jesus. We lift Jesus higher. We lift Jesus higher above every attack and every weapon that's formed against us. It is the name of Jesus. Woo, come on. We need to stand in our victory. When the devil tries to remind us of our past, we remind him of his future. We've been set free, and we need to believe it. Do you believe that Jesus has the authority over the devil? Then let us magnify his name, Jesus, when we face attacks of the devil. Let us be people of faith. Amen.
And the Bible says that his word will not return void. That means it may seem hopeless for a time. And it may seem that our prayers are just hitting the ceiling and bouncing back. But if we remain faithful, don't grow weary in well-doing, we will reap a harvest. The third thing that we are free from and winning and victorious over is we are greater by the Spirit over temptation. The Spirit in us is greater than temptation. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Sometimes we think that whatever tempts us, we have to give in to. I feel like cussing. Okay, I'll cuss then. You ever been in an argument with somebody? Don't make me mad. Don't make me mad. And then, and then, and then all of a sudden they keep going there and you're like, now you did it. You know what's going on? Is you're having a battle with yourself. You're having the inner battle. You're deciding. How many men here were looking at the internet one day going, hey man, I just want to look at tires for my car. And the next thing you know, you're on BigHooters.com. Why? Because one click led to another click to another click. You know how many here, you were told something in private? And then all of a sudden, somebody comes up to you and talks to you about it. And now you say, well, I shouldn't tell you this, but I got to tell you. And you start to gossip. How many here have ever been placed on their job in an uncomfortable position? Maybe you were coming in late or maybe a deal got dropped. And somebody said, did you do X, Y, and Z? Did you do this? And at that moment, you tell a lie. No, that wasn't me, boss. No, I think that was somebody else. Do you know that every time we're tempted to lie, every time we're tempted to live in perversion, every time husbands and wives were tempted to fight with each other, every time, young people, you're tempted to be rebellious towards your parents and be disobedient, do you know that God has a way out every single time? There is always a way of escape for you. If I can just stop and hear what is God saying about new life covenant, I will escape the temptation of jealousy. If I can just hear what God's saying about my wife and our marriage, I can escape the temptation of perversion. And if I can see God and, and how great he is and how I'm nothing compared to him, I can escape the temptation of pride. Look at the scripture, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation. Somebody say, no temptation. Thank you. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. So we're all dealing with the general same things, perversion, lying, our character, all of this. It may come in different ways, but it's common to all of us. Yeah, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out. Somebody say way out. Come on, a way out so that you can endure it. You might be working at a job, fellas, that every day you have to endure perversion. But Jesus will make a way of escape for you. Some of you may be in a position in your family where your loved one, a child, is not serving the Lord, and they fight against you like sandpaper in the house, nails against a chalkboard. It grieves your heart every day, but God will make a way of escape for you. Young people, you may feel like when you go to high school here in this city, you may be like Daniel in the lion's den, but God will make a way for you. Young people, if he could keep Daniel in the lion's den, he can keep you in the lunchroom. That's the word for some teenager today. Is not our God greater than the temptations we face?
Did he not teach us to pray in the Lord's Prayer? Deliver me from evil. Deliver me from temptation. and, and deliver, uh, Lead me not to temptation, but deliver me from evil. Is he faithful or is he not? Ask this question to yourself today as we get ready to close. Do you believe that the Holy Spirit can lead you away from temptation without sinning? Do you believe that? I believe that today. How many of you have ever sinned and then you look back on it and goes, and I didn't have to do that? How many ever got into an argument with your spouse and you're like, I definitely did not have to do that? Why is that? Because God is making a way out. You think God's making a way out for our nation right now? How many would like to see abortion overturned and see the lives of our children spared? How many would like to see the guns removed from our streets and live in safety again? You see, God can make a way out for you, and God can make a way out for our nation, take corruption out of the businesses, out of the politics. We all want to be right and live with our neighbor. If we can get God's way of escape, we can all get out of this thing, amen, and live right because it didn't always used to be this way. The Bible says in the end times, sin will abound, but God will give us grace to get out of it. Let us be that holy people because he said where sins, sin abounds, grace abounds that much more. And last point, the spirit is greater than every hardship. Just the keyboardist, uh, Rachel, would you come, please, as we get ready to close. I know some of you have heard this passage before, but as we get ready to read it, would you let God speak it to your heart fresh as if you've never heard it before? Would you allow God to give you the immense love and revelation of this truth? That every hardship we face God is greater than there is no weapon formed against us that will prosper think about this missionary couple they served their life in a third world country lived in a meager hut among their people and just gave their life for missions one day they were coming back home to retire and this is when the ships would dock there at Ellis Island in New York you know come over come coming back from overseas and they were talking to themselves as they got closer to the shore they said I wonder if anybody remembers what we did for the Lord on the mission field I wonder who will be there to greet us and celebrate with us overcoming all the hardships for the sake of the gospel. And as they got closer, they began to see fanfare and banners. And they began to see welcome home signs. And the closer they got, they could hear the band playing joyous, exciting music. And their heart began to leap and they said, they remember our denomination, remember our, our church and family back home, remember. Look at it. Look at it, dear honey. They remember. They remembered. And as they got closer, they saw that it was a welcome back sign for a senator who had just gone overseas where they had went just for a couple weeks to take some pictures and do some humanitarian aid. And as their heart sunk down, the wife said to the husband, but God remembers 
one day there'll be trumpets one day there'll be celebrations when we get to heaven and we'll talk about how we overcame with our brothers and sisters there we'll rejoice in the faithfulness of God and how he always made a way when there didn't seem to be a way someone remembers and I want you as we get ready to read this today to understand I may not be able to be with you in your midnight hour of crisis Man may let you down. Family members may let you down. And sometimes you may ask, who understands me? Who gets what I'm going through? And the Bible says, he does. He does. He knows every tear that you've cried. Every hardship you've faced. Every funeral you've gone to. Every broken dream that you've had to piece together as life goes on. Every failed promise by the people around you. And you know what he says? Here's the punchline. I'll give it to you now. He says you're still more than a conqueror because he loves you. Don't let your trials and hardships down here dictate who you are and who God is up there. Don't let the struggles and the battles you face here wear you out to the point you lose faith in who He is because He knows. Romans 8, 31 through 39. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. He will not only also, uh, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring a charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died more than that. Who is thou was raised to life at the right hand of God and is interceding for us. My friends, get that in your heart today. Jesus is praying for you. You don't need to go to his mother, his brother. You can go directly to Jesus and he's interceding to the Father for you. Father, let him make it. Let him make it, Father. Let everyone I've chosen make it. That's Jesus praying for you today. He loves us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Do you ever just feel like everything's just against you? You ever face times like that in your life? It's just everything's against you. Verse 37, no. Somebody say no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Does he love you today? Does he love you today? Do you believe he loves you? Somebody say, he loves me. For I'm convinced 
This is where it's got to get real. My mom can't get convinced for me. Your neighbor can't get convinced for you. You've got to be convinced. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you believe it, stand to your feet. Come on, give him a hand clap of prayer. Come on, if you believe it, hallelujah. Nothing, 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 nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Band, would you come, please? Come on, altar workers, too. We're going to close it out. Believing that God is a good God and that he loves you and me so much and that he's interceding for us right now. So the question you have to answer, as many of us are praising and worshiping already, the question you have to answer, if God is for me, who can be against me? And if you can say no one, then by the grace of God, you are saved from your enemies. Think of it this way in closing. When we disbelieve God is our victory, we give permission for the devil to be our victor. Think about it. This is not a mind game. Let me go slow in closing. When you don't believe that God is your victory, that by him you overcome, the devil now becomes your victor. But when you believe that Jesus has overcome the world, then you are victorious over the devil. Now get this in closing. We personally experience victory or defeat in how we receive or reject Jesus. Is everybody with me on that? It's simple, but it's deep. So I will go through life victorious if I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. If I reject Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I'll go through life defeated. You can go through life defeated with a million dollars. Come on. You can go, just ask the Glee star who just overdosed on drugs. Oh, you can't ask him. He died, right? See, because your life could be messed up with money too, right? Hello? More money, more problems. Some, some people won't get that, but watch. I accept Jesus. I'm victorious. I reject Jesus. I'm defeated. That's personally. But when we get to heaven, the devil is finally defeated by Jesus. And imagine now the shame, guilt, and judgment that's going to be upon the people who sided with the devil. That puts the fear of God in me, man. I want you to hear this today, brother and sister, young person. Come on, family man. You need to hear me today. If you reject him here, you lose eternal life. So what is worth your soul? What would you give in exchange for that? Nothing. So who can stand against you? Nothing. What is the truth? Jesus wins. Let's walk out of here with Jesus in our lives.
Because of today's events, I want to do one altar call, and it's really simple. We're going to sing a song together. Those who love Jesus are going to stay in their seats and sing it. But if you're here today and you have not given your life 100% to Jesus and you want to accept him into your heart, I want you to come during this altar call. No one's going to embarrass you. They just want to pray for you. Or if you've been living for God but below the standard, you say, I love him, but you know I haven't always obeyed him. I've been making these mistakes. I want you to come. So let's pray and get ready to sing, and then people are going to start coming. Father, thank you for this part of our service. And now we ask you to draw in all those who need to be born again of the Spirit to be made victorious. Right now, I want you to meditate in your heart. Are you right with God? As we get ready to sing, oh, how he loves us. They're going to put up the words right now. But I want you to meditate on your heart right now. Are you right with God? Are you right with him? If you were to die today, are you 100% sure you would be with him in heaven? If you're not, we're going to pray. And when we do, I'm going to want you to come forward. I'm praying right now, God, search everyone's heart. Search everyone's heart. Let us all be honest. Let us all be real, God. God, show us who we really are. You love us. We side with you. Make us victorious. Now, everybody, pray this with me, whether it's your first time or 101st time. Say this with me. Dear Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. You were buried and rose again on the third day. I declare you're my Lord and Savior today. I side with you. I put my full trust in who you are. Today I believe I am your child. In Jesus' name. Now say amen and bless him. Come on. Hallelujah. Band, would you sing this song? And if you need to come for prayer, would you come right now? Come on. The rest of us are just going to sing it. And if you need to accept Jesus or make it right, come on. Come forward as we sing. Oh, God loves us so much. Come on, saints, let's just worship him. Get lost in this song today. He loves us so much. Just come from where you are. Don't be ashamed. Just come and receive prayer. If you brought someone and you know they need prayer, Maybe bring them with you. Say, hey, do you want to come? Ask them right now. Bring them. Family, come on, bring your kids if you know they need to get right. No one should leave out this place not right with God, victorious. Hallelujah. And all of us here that are born again saints, let's just worship. Come on, sing that again. Oh, how he loves us. How he loves us so. Oh, how he loves us. How he loves us. One more time, and then we're going to sing the verse. It's a powerful song. Jesus, he loves us. And as you're singing as a believer, just re- believe that you're victorious that he loves you nothing can separate you amen he is jealous for me 
Oh, he loves us so much. And I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. When all of a sudden, yes, God, you surprise us all the time. Come on, we're about ready to close out. We're going to keep singing it, though. If you need prayer, now is your time. You're not promised tomorrow. Come, come. Because he loves you. Yes, God. Yes, God. Do it, Lord. Restore. Forgive. Heal. Set free. Let everyone live for you this morning. Come on, this may be your last chance. Come as others have received prayer. Woo! Come on. Now we're going to sing this second verse as people are still coming. It's portion and he is our prize. Drawn to redemption by the grace. Come on, grace is drawing you this morning. Come on, take a dip in the grace of God this morning. <laughs> oh, yes. Come on, we're just going to sing this a few more times. This is it now. This is your last chance this morning. Come. Come if you need prayer. Get out of your seat. You know if God is talking to you. God will change you. It doesn't matter if you've come to 100 altar calls. This day is your day. Come on. Come on as we sing it. This is it. Woo! Come on, oh, how he loves us. the music plays just keep praying now those at the altar pray come on those in your seats worship tell them in your own words you know the things you wrote down come on tell God you believe he's greater than those things if anyone is in Christ they're a new creation the old has passed, the new has come. Those baptized in the Holy Ghost, come on, take a dip in the Spirit. <laughs> Get the joy flowing in this place. Come on, if all you can say is thank you, Jesus, tell them, thank you, Jesus. Woo! 
just come on sing this thank you Jesus oh we thank you today thank you Jesus you are worthy 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 oh thank you Jesus If you got something to be thankful for, come on, let him know this morning. Come on, lift him up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, hallelujah, every valley I walk through, he's with me, hallelujah, he's the joy of my heart, he's the victory of my life, he's the joy that holds it all together. are so good God before we move on to the next thing we want to make sure that you're done with this thing we want to make sure that we're keeping in step with you Jesus Woo. oh thank you Jesus overwhelmed with this grace right now. dismiss baptismal candidates those who want to get baptized and that might have been those who planned it and those just right now you got saved and you're like man that was for me I'm getting baptized doesn't matter who you are we got a free t-shirt for you in the back Jared would you go back there it's a Chicago for Jesus t-shirt he'll stand in the back there and he's gonna make sure you get this we have 20 of them if we run out you just get baptized and whatever you have and we just want to thank you as a church for bringing your family today and allowing God to move. So we're going to dismiss and ask you just to hang out here. Some are going to keep praying, and the brothers are going to start moving those chairs out. And just be patient with us. We're going to get out there. The food's going to start cooking right about now. Let's just have a good time fellowshipping. Amen. Let's hold each other's hands right now as a family. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for bringing all of us here. And thank you for the lives that are going to be publicly transformed out there in the baptismal tank. Thank you, God. 
And now, Lord, let us remember what we're taking from this conference with us wherever we go to remember that we're washed in the Spirit, that, that we're winners in the Spirit, that we can work in the Spirit, Father God. Let us remember to walk that today and for the rest of our life. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? Amen. Can you bless them one more time, Metro Praise? We haven't wore you out, have we? Amen. Slap somebody high five.